talk about the men's side with basketball being back you got football all of this going on right now but we had to put that on pause because obj is in la and cam is back home we're going to talk about that for sure i'm joined by two of my brothers out of the three on the bench mob ent we got cj money bags how you doing tonight Good man, excited to be back. You know, I was on a uh, two week hiatus from from y'all boys, but started to be talking about this football junk that we got going on. Hey, I thought you was gonna skip the intro. You got right into that OBJ stuff. I was getting worried for a second. Well, now we got you just getting back from traveling around the world, so we had to make sure we do the intro. <laughs> yeah, these last two weeks, we've been telling y'all the reason why he's been gone is because he's CJ money bags. Mm-hmm. You see. We company men. We got to be here every day. We don't get days off. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, Mr. Hot Takes in there. How you doing tonight? I'm good, man. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to get this money. I, I heard CJ has a, an escalator in his house, and I had to get right. So I changed everything. I had to go get this money. Y'all stupid. Yesterday. I'm, Greg, I'm pretty sure your bank account's bigger than mine, so I ain't even try to hear all that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Lying? Not, but not, not after buying not, not after buying tickets to this Rockets game and going down to Houston <laughs> bro I wanted to go with you but them prices to Houston the tickets to the game wasn't the problem no, the they're not flight. really yeah. the, flight, the flight prices are crazy right prices now looking I, crazy. I, spent, I spent a lot of money to go down there yeah. I spent a lot of money to go down Greg's there a lot of money. Greg spent a lot of money individually Times that by two. I, nah. Yeah, yeah. You would have spent. You would have spent damn near a G on that. Yeah, it's yeah. like yeah. that. Because yeah. around the house. Turn the house. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Greg ain't got no choice either, though. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I'm trying to get my money. There was a time. Got to come. There was a time where I wouldn't be able to do this. They, you know, on, on that old Aerotech payroll, I probably couldn't get down there. But right hey, now, he put the company <laughs> name out there. He put on a blast for the first time. Okay, okay. <laughs> I know what type of time we on, Greg. I really said I've been going for for three months. I don't care no more. <laughs> it's over, bro. We talking? I'm not going back. Indeed. <laughs> OBJ is in LA. Uh, Robert Griffin said, I think the best. Robert Griffin the third. He said OBJ in LA is like peanut butter and jelly. It's just meant to be. Perfect combination. Big personality in LA. 
with the likes, you have LeBron, Jalen Ramsey, even the Lakers tweeting them out like, welcome to LA, Lake Show. Will this work though? What's y'all initial takes on OBJ in LA? And Greg, shout out to you. You did predict it last episode. You said it was an LA connection for OBJ. It was Rams or Chargers. He was going to LA. Greg, before you go real quick, who 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 said this nonsense that you was just quoting? RG three. Uh, RG three said 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 that it's a perfect scenario for him. I I said perfect. I no I wait did RG do that or did I say that I was going to LA for sure? No, no, not you saying that. Robert Griffin tweeted. OBJ in LA is like PB and J. It's a perfect, perfect. Uh, fit. I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that. Right. And not just because he's talking about PB and J, but I really don't. I really don't think this is going to be a good fit for OBJ. I, I don't. I think. I think Matthew Stafford's a great quarterback that can get him the ball if he chooses. But like you see, the connection that he already has with Cooper Cup, and if you're OBJ, right? And the reason that you're leaving your current situation with the Cleveland Browns and the reason that you want out is because you're not getting the ball and you're not getting the touches that you feel like you deserve. And he definitely wasn't. We all saw it. He wasn't getting the ball when he was open and things like that. Um, And his numbers over the the past three seasons weren't what they should have been um, as as skill and, and dominant as he is. But you're going to a situation where they already have playmakers at your position, right? And if you think Matthew Stafford is going to try to force feed you the ball so that you're comfortable when, you know, his focus is on winning and, and we've seen how that's already been going with his chemistry with Cooper cup, Cooper cup got 13 targets last game against the Titans. Right. Um, there are other uh, wide receiver woods, Robert Woods. He had like 10 targets and so did um, what's his and name? Jeff- the tight end Higby Higby had 10 targets or 10 catches, I believe uh, as well. So it's like, OBJ, yeah, you're coming into the fold, but like he he's coming into a situation where he's not going to be the man. It's never going to be the same situation that he had when he was in New York. New York was different because he was the guy. He was getting the ball consistently from Eli. He came to the Cleveland Browns. We thought that was going to be the case. We I personally thought he was a better wide receiver than Jarvis Landry. But again, when a quarterback and a wide receiver already have that chemistry, it's hard for you to get your touches regardless of how, of how good you are. They're going to have to scheme plays for him uh, and and get him involved early, but you don't want to do that um, and have it take away from what you already have going. And I think that's going to be the challenge. Yeah. His personality is fits LA. He already lives in LA, right. You know, these boys with LeBron and things like that, he's going to fit right in with the team culture and all that. But in terms of getting the ball, I don't see them going out of their way to get him the ball. And I, I don't know how that's going to play out long-term. I was, I'm on the same page breaking it down exactly what you mentioned. So last week for Greg Groves, Robert Woods, seven catches, 98 yards, 10 targets. Cooper Cup, 11 catches, 95 yards, 13 targets. Higby, five catches, 51 yards, 10 targets. And even Van Jefferson, three catches, 41 yards, seven targets. I said in the beginning of the season, Van Jefferson is like that. Now, I'm not saying he, he's he's still very young. I think he's, this is his second or third year in the league. Um, he's not OBJ caliber, but, again, he's been playing with Matthew Stafford all season. I'm sure they have a chemistry. And Higby is not to be played with either at tight end. He, he's proven that he's he's an elite tight end in this league, and, and Matthew Stafford sure makes him look like one. So I, I don't see them getting away from that. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't see where the target's going to be at. And not saying they're on the same level, but Deshaun Jackson just left because he couldn't get targets himself. And I'm not saying they're the same players, but he's essentially doing the same thing in regards to this team. OBJ is being brought there to be a deep threat. You're not getting 10, 12 targets. Thank you. It couldn't work with Deshaun. I don't know if it's going to work with OBJ. This is a super team and Super Bowl championship now. It's two super teams in LA now. Everybody's saying you want the signing of Von Miller, but I don't know if the OBJ thing works. Greg. I totally disagree with both of you. I think you both, I don't disagree with anything. I don't agree with anything y'all just said. <laughs> Wow. At all, but yo, it's 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 really two reasons, and they're very simple. I don't like first of all, I don't I think you what you guys are saying is very logical. I it's the logical thing to think what you know what it makes sense, you know, like that's cool. But I'm two things. Matt Stafford, and if you look at the history of his career, he has no problem targeting a very talented wide receiver. Calvin Johnson, they had guys in that on those teams, he threw the ball to Calvin Johnson. He, he threw the ball to him. Like he he gets rapport because Calvin Johnson was light years better. He just was like bigger. He, all he, the he guys was... you're naming, all the guys you're naming, Odell's still better than. Like, I, Cooper Cup having a great year. Cooper Cup's a very good player. Very, very good player. Odell's better than him. He's more talented than him. They would that was the same case. That was and, the same and, case on the Browns. Yes, but they had an idiot quarterback. And they're not really, a, they're not as functional <laughs> as everybody think they are. Okay? So we can't, we can compare the two. You're going to a situation where you're going with the, you're going to be going with the best offensive play caller in all of football. Sean McVay is the best offensive play caller in all football. Sean McVay, if he green lights this move to get Odell Beckham, he's throwing the ball to Odell Beckham eight to ten times a game. Guarantee it. It's going out to him eight, ten times a game in different ways, whether it's jet sweeps, whether it's a quick bubble screen, whether whether he's throwing the ball. That guy, Odell's touching the ball eight, ten times a game, maybe at a minimum, honestly, and someone else is going to take the backseat. Someone else, Higby, someone else. Uh, Robert Woods, someone else is going to get less cat, less touches in the game because Odell's there because Odell still commands that kind of respect. The team still double team him. He still gets open. You saw the, all the montage of him getting wide open that his dad posted. And, you know, it's, he's still blowing guys away. He's still getting wide open against double coverage. He's and you can't even double him on this team because of Cooper Cup and because of Robert Woods. He's going to have one-on-ones. You don't think they're going to throw him the ball? He's going to get open. He's going to fry teams up. This is a nightmare for the NFL. The, they're gonna run as long as no one gets hurt. Football is a weird sport. I, 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 they are a super team, but super teams aren't as effective in football because you can get hurt and they're like that, and then it, you're not a super team anymore. It's just that's just the nature of football. On any given Sunday, you can lose. But if this team stays healthy and intact, and they get that the rapport, they're gonna be really talented. I can't wait to watch them next Monday against against the 49ers. So, yeah. so, do, you, so do you feel basically OBJ coming in as like Antonio Brown coming to Tampa Bay? Antonio Brown. Not even that. Not even start. that because. In regards to the touches, because you see when he Antonio Brown first came, if you remember the first two, three weeks, he uh, was getting eight to ten targets. Mike Evans had to take a back seat. Chris Godwin was getting second most attempts, and then Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's similar from a situation standpoint. It might be a little similar, but the, not even because I think Odell's so much more talented than A B was when he made that move. Odell was 29. Odell's a baby. He he's still he's still got years left. He, he's had years where he's been injured. He's got a lot of miles left on those legs. He's still fast. He's still athletic. He still can make the one-hand grab. He's still that dude. He's still – they got – this is Randy Moss to Tom Brady. It's, it, this is that level of move. That's what we're talking about. This is him. Randy Moss had 400 yards in the Raiders. 400 yards in the Raiders. And then he got traded because the Raiders – and just like the Browns, the Raiders are a stupid organization, dysfunctional. You take him out of there, 
you bring them to a place that knows how to utilize their talent and just watch what happens. Got, Odell might Odell might have eight touchdowns over the last over the course of the next nine games, however many games there are left. He's gonna go crazy. He's gonna go crazy. This is this is not fair for the league. And the only reason why I think it's gonna work, I think you guys are right in what you guys are saying. There's a lot of guys who have to touch the ball. I get it. A lot of guys to share the wealth with, but Sean McVay is too smart not to give Odell the ball 10 to 12 times a game, eight to 10 times a game. It's going to happen. Eight to 12 times. I'll, I'll, I'll that agree ball. with you on that point. I don't think, I don't think Sean McVay is bringing Odell there to be a puppet. No right? way. I, I, you, you don't, you don't make that move just to, especially with someone with his big personality. He's not another guy. He's not another yeah. guy. Yeah. He's not. He but has I, to I don't know about 10 touches. Feature your offense around him. Feature, you have to feature your offense around him. You have no choice. You have to. He's just that gifted. The Giants gave him the ball every time he looked at the game of the ball. And yes, I know we didn't have Cooper Cup. We didn't have Robert Woods. We didn't have Van Jefferson. I get it. We didn't have Higby. Whatever. Yo, when you have a guy like that, you look at him first, everybody else second, third, fourth. All your progressions come after that. You look at him to give him the ball first. That guy will be open nine times out of ten. He's still that good. He's still that good. That's a big move. That's not Antonio Brown to the Bucks. It's not. I hear you. I know the I know the analogy you're making because of the way the touches progressed and how you got more and guys had to take a back seat. It'll be like that. But the difference is when you give Odell the ball he, on any given play, he's going to the crib. Any I think, I think, I think it's going to benefit Cooper cup the most, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. I, it's going to, it's going to free him up so much because again, the, year he, the year he's having this year. Yeah. They're, they're going to double Odell or shadow Odell and uh, Cooper cup's going to have one-on-one coverage. And, you know, you've seen him do that this year already. If Stafford doesn't win a Super Bowl this year, all the Stafford stands are going to have to go into a deep, dark cave and lock themselves in there because there's they no got the defense too. And there's no excuse in the Rams. The Rams can't not win a Super Bowl this year. We the Rams can't not win. One. And I, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win, but they we can't not talk win. about. We're going to talk about Cam, but I don't even think Stafford got to go crazy this year. No, like you just mentioned, the defenses at no. and Von Miller there either. We ain't get to talk about that on the show when it happened. Von, adding Von Miller to that mix with Jalen Ramsey and you got Aaron, that's... Stupid. Yo, they the, they the favorites, hands down. You already know what the title is. Not just this year. Not just this year either. Next year too. Two, you already know the title of the episode this, this, this week. Two super teams in LA now. You feel me? Cam <laughs> is back home. Signs a one-year deal worth up to 10 million, 4.5 million guarantee with a 1.5 million roster bonus. Before we even talk about the football aspect of it, is this bigger for the organization in the state of North Carolina or bigger for Cam Newton? Mm, great question. I saw a tweet today. I said that Donald was so bad that it forced <laughs> Panthers to stop being racist. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's true. I think it's true. The Panthers were like, the Panthers got got dude up out of there unceremoniously for no real backup plan. Who was the who was the next quarterback they brought in after after Cam? PJ Walker. Who was it? PJ Walker, I think. PJ Walker had gotten snaps just and got they got Cam up out of there as fast as possible, and, you're, and now they bring him back because. Oh, you're saying you're saying after Cam Newton. Left, yeah, I'm like after Cam left the first time around. Who like oh, who was the yeah, quarterback they had there? I mean, it was Bridgewater for a little bit. Okay. It was it was it was Teddy. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, look. It's a it's a good move for them. He should have never been out of the league in the first place. Imagine going to the streets and you find a you find a quarterback of Cam Newton's caliber. You're not supposed to be able to do that. You're supposed to go to the streets and find someone like I don't know Matt Falk or something like Blake some Mortal. random dude, huh? Blake Mark Mortal. Sanchez. 
was find some some dude, just some some dude from the booth and take him out the booth and have him play for quarterback. The fact they got a guy like Cam coming in there, they can win some games. I I, I mean they 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 have a chance to not out the playoffs completely. I think they've got what three wins? I think right now they're three and six is what it was. Yeah, four and five. Four, four, and, four and five. They're they're right there. They're right there. I mean they're 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 they haven't been playing well, but that's because that's been the quarterback play. It, it's over for Sam Darnold. It's over whether this works or not. Whether Cam comes in there and plays lights out or not, I don't see a world where Sam Darnold is the starting quarterback next year. I think they're going to be drafting one or looking to trade aggressively. They're going to be trying aggressively to trade uh, for Deshaun. They're going to knock on that door again. So regardless, I, I just don't see a world where it, it Sam's coming back. But it's a, it's yeah. a bigger deal. It's a bigger deal for Cam. Forget the state of North Carolina and forget Panthers fans. I uh, I don't know any Panthers fans. It's more about Cam. It's about Cam because he gets a chance to go play in a, in a situation where he's comfortable. It's about Cam because he gets a chance to go prove himself one more time. And play. And I think he was going to play good football for the past this year, but they had to go with McCorkle instead. So it happens. It is what it is. I love it. I think it's a win-win. I think it's a win-win for the state and for Cam, though, because Cam meant so much to that state and did so much and gave back yeah. to that state, so. I think this is just as much as a win for the state of North Carolina. Like Stephen Gilmore even talked about it. Like in North Carolina, South Carolina area, Cam Newton is is a god. Like he's that's that the guy. hardest thing to do in sports is win over a fan base, and he's already done that back in 2015. Even though he lost the Super Bowl, right? He took them there. Such a hard thing to do, and like when you already have the respect of of the fan base. You can go in there playing comfortable. He's not coming in there trying to prove everything. People already know what he's about, and that's what's going to allow him to thrive. He knows the organization. He's been there for years. He he knows the, the system and things like that. They'll put him in a situation where he's comfortable in uh, to make plays. I'm not sure how his body's looking right now. We haven't seen Cam. And, I'm, and, sure uh, I'm sure he's fine. I'm, I'm sure it's fine, too. He can't, Cam's a hard worker. Uh, but in terms of – how many hits they want him to take if he's going to be running the ball, you know, that's, that's still yet, yet to be seen, but. Um, they're going to treat Cam like a rental car from Hertz. They're going to run him into every goddamn thing. Yeah. They're going to run him into the traffic. They're going to run him into, they're going yeah. to they do it because he's right. not the long-term plan. He's the short-term exactly. succession plan. He's, he's not they the will franchise. Be running him, best believe. Right. They're going to do what they need to do with Cam to win games. And the, the beauty of it for Cam is <laughs> one, he's getting, I'm pretty sure he's getting more, uh, not in guaranteed money, but the contracts are just as big as when he was with the Patriots, um, right? He, he was still on a, a one-year $10 million. Um, and if he plays well, you know, he'll get that $10 million. Um, But the cool thing about this situation, he has better receivers than when he was in uh, New England. So, like, Cam, there's no excuses this year for him, you know, really not to do well, right? Hopefully he's in shape. Uh, you know, hopefully he has some familiarity with uh, their system and, and their plays. But – he has he has no COVID uh, uh, excuse to to got, fall back on and things like that. Immediately, he huh? got vaxxed. He got vaxxed immediately. I oh, facts, facts. Yeah, you got to be down in North Carolina. All them crazy people not vaccinated. He needs a job. He got vaxxed immediately. Take notes, really? Kyrie. Because <laughs> I got I got the, the whole Kyrie situation that that might not unravel the best for him. They really may not. It, it, there's there's a. We're not talking about basketball, but I don't see if if this season, even for a second, looks ugly, which it it, it won't with Harden and KD. But if it looks for a second like Kyrie's not going to play the rest of the year, I do I would not be surprised at all if he gets traded. 
would not. The right deals on the table. Bring McCollum down here. I'll be all right. Bring bring me somebody who can get a butt. They'll figure it out. But yeah, I mean, Cam Cam went and got vaccinated right away. Smart decision. He's a smart dude. He's figuring it out, and he's in, he's gonna have success there. He's gonna play well. The old line sucks, by the way. It's not like he's going to a great situation in terms of. Well, that's where his legs come into play. But he's gonna make guys miss. He's gonna he's gonna throw guys to the ground. He's still in his physical prime. And he's got guys to throw the ball to. They can they can win more games with him than than Sam Darnold. It, it, more of the story is Sam Darnold's done. But yeah, I, I I'm joking about the. I'm not joking. I mean, no, no one cares about North Carolina or South Carolina football. But I, in the sense that he's a big deal to the states. Yeah, he is, and he and I get why he'd be bigger than life there. I mean, there's nothing else there besides Lamelo Ball, and he won't even be there the rest of his career. But real real quick before we move on, uh, Tone, I was thinking earlier today when when uh. This all happened, and, and he ended up, you know, signing back with with the Panthers. You think, you think Cam walks up in there and gets his old locker back? Mm. I think so. Yeah, I would say whoever, whoever has the old locker. Dudes in the league still, dudes still, dudes in the league still, uh, still respect that guy. They still respect Cam. No, that's just, the they have no reason not to. He's been he's accomplished so much more than a lot of guys. The ninety percent of the guys who play in the NFL, he's accomplished. Former so MVP, more. right? He won an MVP, and that year MVP? he was crazy. That year he was yep. crazy good. Speaking so, of his accolades and the respect you got to have for this man, Cam, which I'm sure he'll get it throughout the rest of the season, is 194 rushing yards away from becoming the first player in NFL history to reach the 30K, 5K club, 5K club for a single team. With and all the games he's missed. That's wild. Five K passing with one single team, the only player in NFL history to do so. Mm. He'll get that. Yeah, he'll, he'll make sure they'll make sure he gets. Like I said, they're gonna they're gonna use him up like a Hertz rental this year in, in these next nine eight games. Just just watch it. Just watch. They better get it. We, I hope he stays safe. <laughs> eight games into the season now, man. We halfway through the point. Basically, week nine now. We got the Ravens playing right now, so we halfway through. We're gonna go through each division. We're going to talk about our predictions for the rest of the year, who we got winning these divisions, who's been the best offensive player, defensive player in each division. If anybody's on the hot seat in the division, that's how we're going to break it down. And since we just was talking about the Panthers, we're going to start off with the NFC South. Tampa 6-2 and two leading the division with the Saints at 5-3, and three, Falcons 4-4, four and four. Panthers are 4-5. and five. Who wins this division? Tampa and Tom Brady's the best offensive player in in that Easily. in the division. It, it's it's and defensively, if I had to defensively, defensively is a little more of a tough conversation. I feel like Cam Jordan's been good. Cam Jordan's always really good defensively. I would probably say that, but the Tampa Tampa's gonna run away with it. I think I don't think it, I don't think anyone expects that not to happen. Um, you know, so I, I would say Tampa and Tom Brady and Cam Jordan would be that defensive player you would look at. Yeah, who's, no been the, who's been the biggest disappointment in this uh, division? Mm. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I, I think Panthers I think people. Go ahead, Greg. The Panthers are a disappointment to me. They started out hot. I didn't expect them to be good, but they started out hot. It looked like they could be. It looked like it could be sustainable, and it was all fool's goal. So I'll say the Panthers. Yeah, I mean, I would say the Panthers as well. 
Um, I think going into the season, people expected the Falcons to be what they are, right? An aging quarterback. You know, you get Kyle Pitts in the draft, but, um, you know, you you lose Julio Jones as well, which is a, a big loss. And, and Calvin Ridley, um, you know, going out for the rest of the season or until he d- determines when to come back for his mental health um, is another big loss. So I think I think with the, with the Panthers, Greg, Greg said it right. You know, they got off to a hot start. Um, you know, you get a new quarterback down here in, in Sam Darnold, who we all thought was was going to thrive um, after seeing him play the first few weeks. And then Christian McCaffrey goes out. That obviously affects him um, in terms of his, his go-to guy. Um, and then it just looked in shambles from there. Panthers and Falcons are fighting for a wild card position. Which of these teams get that wild, final wild card position? Hopefully neither, but – um, hopefully neither one of them, honestly, and maybe and maybe neither one of them does. But that's a whole different conversation. But I, if I, if I had to choose between the two of them, I'll I'll take the the Falcons because I think they have enough offensive power uh, firepower to be close to five hundred. Cordell Patterson's been amazing for them, so I, I'll, I'll I'll go with them. I'll go with the Falcons over the Panthers. Panthers have a lot of unknowns. That offensive line is bad. It's bad. It's real bad. AFC South, Titans at seven and two, Colts at four and five, Jags two and six, Texans one and eight. I think it's safe mm-hmm. to say we're picking the Titans to win that division. Mm-hmm. In this division, though, is there any coach or GM you think is on the hot seat? Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. And and just just due to I mean, yeah, they they won two games, right? Did they win convincingly? No. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah, you bring in Trevor Lawrence. He's going to be a good quarterback in this league. But everything surrounding Urban Meyer and, and having a losing season behind that, right, your off-the-field antics at the bar, um, you trying to earlier in the season, before the season even started, bring in a coach that had uh, a history of, of being racist. Um, it doesn't seem like his his priorities are winning. It seems like it's, it's just um, – you know, being the guy, right? There's there's a difference between, you know, being a part of the league and being successful in the league. And I think for him, he just wanted to show that, hey, he can be a part of this league. I don't think he has Super Bowl intentions. Um, and if you're a coach in, in the NFL, I think that needs to be your mindset is at some point we need to win a Super Bowl uh, within a three to five year time frame. Because if you're, if you're not in that in that mindset, like, what are you doing here? Are you just here to be here? And, and when you look at, Urban Meyer, since he's got there and the moves that he's made and the decisions that he's made, right? Trying to move Travis Etienne to, to be a wide receiver. Um, and on top of the, the other stuff that we just uh, mentioned, um, I don't think his, his main priorities are, you know, building a, a championship team at some point. Now with the Titans, right? Titans, they don't have King Henry. There's Ryan Tannehill and Adrian Peterson. Do they have enough to make any noise in the playoffs? Or are we looking at another early exit for Tennessee? You know, with that D line, they could be just about anybody on on any given on any given Sunday. They could be anybody on, on with that defensive line. So, um, no, nah, they they have enough. They have enough. I, I think they just I, smashed Derek the Rams Henry, last week. Yeah, exactly. They're they're made the offense special, and that's that's cool. But they got the they got wide receivers. They got two guys, and if Julio's healthy at the right time, they can go. And they that defensive line is crazy. It really is. And they do a good job working in tandem with the cornerbacks. They, they're, they're good. They're good. They're, they're, I think they have a legit chance in the playoffs to beat anybody. 
I, I don't, and Ryan Tannehill can win you playoff games. Like that's that's where we're at right now. That's where we're at right now. So it, it, I love the quarterback conversation. I love when everybody you know talks about who needs a quarterback, who doesn't need a quarterback. Honestly, your quarterback situation is never as bad as you think it is because you, if you have the right things going on in your on your team, a guy like Ryan Tannehill who's just about average can win you can win you a Super Bowl. You can win one. Yeah. Bro, really we cool. we and we talked about this all the time, right? We've we've talked about this on past episodes. You don't need the quarterback to be a Patrick Mahomes. You don't need that guy to be a star. You don't need him to carry your team. Back when uh, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, who was the best player on that offense? It was Patrick Mahomes, right? Ryan Tannehill doesn't need to be that guy because they're that good everywhere else. He just needs to be consistent. Yeah, the only team that needs a a, a super superhero, super human quarterback is my guy uh is are the ravens and, and they have it and they have it he he is he is that dude but yeah i agree i agree 100 as far as urban meyer getting fired i don't think he'll get fired this year i think he deserves to get fired i agree I, with you i, I didn't say yeah. he'll get fired i said yeah. he's on the hot seat I, yeah, and I, I don't know i don't, I don't know even know he's in the hot seat white white dude I don't think he's in a hot seat. I think he'll be. I think he'll be okay. He's gotten by. And honestly, I don't think you're doing your, your your rookie quarterback any favors firing their firing the head coach a year into his career. Take it from me. You don't do any any favors doing that. You want to keep him in the same offensive system. You want to get a new offensive coordinator. Cool. Don't change too much around rookie quarterbacks. It's just weird. It gets weird for them. So I, I doubt they'll do that. And they're competitive. They play hard. They do play hard for him. I, I mean, they, every time I've seen them, they and last week they beat the breaks off dude, uh, Josh Allen. <laughs> right the, the greatest quarterback ever um right the guy who can carry hay 10 10 10 miles but I, I don't know like they beat him up they beat him pretty good so i i wouldn't move off him just yet i think he deserves to lose his job but he, i don't think he will i think i think a lot of NFC, i don't think you're gonna see a lot of coaches getting fired this year not a ton nfc north packers seven and two vikings three and five bears three and six lions and eight sure we're all picking the packers to win uh, we all foresaw Vikings, Bears, Lions being just like what they are. So the mm-hmm. biggest question with this division, how much can we pick and rely on Green Bay to be in the favorites or being Super Bowl contenders with Aaron Rodgers possibly missing more games at any point because of his vaccination situation. I think he'll take it a bit more seriously. I don't think he's going to miss any more games. I think he'll, he'll plexiglass himself up like Kirk Cousins. You know, these anti-vax dudes will go to, to crazy lengths to not take the vaccine. And I know he was just out here BSing it, you know, BSing it. And he got fined a lousy 14K. The NFL really – When C.D. Lamb got fined 20K for a jersey on time, that just shows you how racist – NFL's a stupid are. league. I, 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 it's a stupid league, honestly. If the product wasn't good, man, it would be so easy to get away from watching, you know, from supporting this sport. They're stupid. You find somebody more for a, a uniform violation than you do, then you find someone for, for violating COVID protocols that could risk lives, that could risk game checks, that could risk, like, it's just everything. It could blow up the entire organization for a year. Everything right. they've worked for to this point, they could have blown it up. And you find someone more for a jersey a jersey mishap it's ridiculous and the jersey rules are dumb the uniformity rules are stupid it's just these owners getting a little power trip same thing with the taunting rules just want to get a little power trip off you want to show you want to flex your muscles that's all this is about but no i mean it's a fair question he could miss a game at any time it's true uh i think he's gonna take you know stop taking the advice of his shaman joe rogan and he's gonna actually take it a little more seriously and they'll be okay 
But I don't think they're not beating the Rams. They're not they're not beating the Rams. I don't I don't I mean they could beat the Cardinals, yes. They've already done it. And Rodgers is a genius, and Rodgers could beat the Rams too. He's just that good. I just don't think he will. I think the the, the deck is too stacked against him. So I you know, I, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll get I think they'll get by with the situation. I think you know you've seen there's other examples of guys getting by not being vaccinated, and I think it'll be okay. Tell you what though, they shouldn't beat the Cardinals. Hmm? They they shouldn't have beat the Cardinals. What that game was a fluke? I don't know. No, I mean they did, but I mean uh Cardinals were in a position to score and AJ Green didn't turn around for the ball, which is why it was an interception. Like if the Cardinals score there or get a field goal, um you know, they're there's not enough time for them to come back and get two yeah. scores. That's true. And if they meet in the playoffs again, the card it could easy, it could easily go the other way. That game's a coin flip. Yeah. Um, but I, I tend to bet on Aaron Rodgers because he's just that good at football. Before we go to the next division, right? Before we go to the next division, Chris, have we seen yeah. enough from Justin Fields that we think he is actually the future for the Bears? Like he's the answer for them. For sure. You watched the game the other night? We watched the same game. He started off slow in the first half. He, Him and his receivers were not on the same page, but in the second half they made adjustments and he came out and he made some really tough throws. And and we we saw his running ability in the first half. And the thing that I was most impressed about him watching that game is just his time to process and make a decision. He felt the pressure. He got out of there. He didn't try to stand in the pocket, force a bad throw, wait for somebody to get open. He knew what he had to do, and he got out of there and went and got the first down uh, more often than not. And um, you saw how how difficult it was for the, you know the opposing team to to try to stop him once he gets moving because that dude is quick. He's strong. He did get rocked on the sideline uh, when, when he tried to lower his shoulder. But at, at the same time, like, and and this may be you know kudos to the coaching staff. They put him in a position um, where it looked like he could win games for them. If if all things, I mean, their defense didn't hold up right, but he he led them to uh, the lead against uh, Pittsburgh um late in the game and Pittsburgh just drove down and scored like he did everything he had to do to put them in a position to win and I think that just shows his growth from uh you know a few weeks ago when he threw three interceptions um because he was standing in the pocket too long trying to make something happen rather than using his god-given ability tuck that ball and run and we, we clearly saw it uh, it was night and day from, you know, a few weeks ago to what it is now. Um, and it shows that he's learning, right? No one expected him to come in and lead this team to the playoffs. But all we wanted to see is him progress. And it seems like week after week, he's getting more comfortable um, and he's progressing. But I will say, if you watch that first half, you clearly saw how frustrated he was um, when he was getting sacked. Things just weren't going his way. You know, the timing was off with him and his receivers. He was overthrowing people. Um, but whatever they said at halftime, whatever they communicated and, and made adjustments, he came in and looked like a different player in that um, second half. So I think I think he's learning. I think he's going to be just fine. AFC North, you got Ravens six and two, Steelers five and three, Browns five and four, Bengals five and four. A tight division, literally a game, game and a half separating all of the teams in the division. Who wins this division? I know, Greg, you're probably going to go with Superman, Lamar Jackson. But who comes out to win this division? And who's actually going to be in second place? Whoever gets second place in the division is going to be the wild card team. Baltimore, Baltimore wins the division, Steelers second place. That's what I think. I disagree. I disagree. I, I think Baltimore wins the division. I think Baltimore wins the division, hands down. Um, you know, they're 
their offense with Lamar Jackson, they're, they're just really good. And Rashad Bateman, I've been super, super impressed with him and how quickly he's came along. Um, and Hollywood Brown has been doing his thing as well. Um, so I think, you know, they'll be fine. Um, their defense is strong. They'll be good. The Steelers, pull up the Steelers' schedule real quick. Because after this week, after this game that they have coming up, they play some tough they have teams. Short, they have, bro, the, they, 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 they have the potential to lose four or five in a row. They play the Chargers bro. at some point. They play the Chiefs. I didn't think it beat all those teams. And I don't, I and, don't. and the Chiefs don't scare, the don't. Chiefs don't scare me. And the reason why is because the run game's getting going at the right time. Najee Harris is getting it going at the right time. They're actually blocking holes for him. What 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 did I say? I mean about the Steelers? I, no one did was blown away by Ben Roethlisberger, but if you give him time time back there to throw and read defenses, and as long as he's been in the NFL, he'll be serviceable. It's not gonna be about him. It's gonna be about but can they open up holes for Najee Harris? Can they control the clock? And with that defense, you're controlling the clock and running the ball well on offense too. I think they'll be just fine. I, I think they'll beat teams like the Chiefs who have weaknesses with that defense and they're playing back. And the, the scripted deal that, yo, the, the gig is up with the Chiefs. You're gonna, they're going to have to be more patient on offense and take what the defense gives them, which they have not proven they can do yet. Patrick Mahomes has, it has bad mechanics at times. They put up 13 points against the Packers last week. And I'm supposed to feel better about them. And we sh- and the Giants should have beat them. And the, and the, but, the, but the Giants beat themselves. So I, re- honestly, like I'm not sold on them. The Chargers are still a young team, and as good as Herbert is, it's, he's very good. I, they can be had. Will they win that game? They don't necessarily have to, to win that division. I think the Browns are going to have slip-ups, but I think that more importantly, I think the reason why the Steelers are going to win is because they have the best defense in that division, and they have the running game getting going at the right time to control the clock, and those two things get you wins. All, of, all I'm saying is, is the Steelers, the Steelers have to play the, the Steelers have to play the Chiefs again, or they have to play the Chiefs first. They have to play the Chargers at, at some point. They have to play the Bengals again. And I know, I know you're saying that's a toss up. It's very rare that teams, you know, you know, sweep a team that they play twice, but at the same time, they're coming to Paul Brown stadium. They're coming to Cincinnati. We already went and beat them once. We could, we could easily do it again. I'm not saying easy. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's a bad use of words. We're talking real, we, spicy, we, we, talking real we, spicy for a dude that lost to the Jets. I'm talking spicy. <laughs> We're gonna lost to the Jets. Like a real spicy. We're gonna lost to the Jets. I don't know. Yeah, I got my game green on. Chris, I got Chris my talking, game green on. Chris talking. Nah, then, nah, that's facts. Last, last week, did y'all win too? Nah, we we lost last week. We lost last yeah. week. But that's what I'm saying. They do play the Browns. They play the Browns and they play the Bengals. Those aren't those aren't handout games. They could easily lose those two games and they could lose against the Chargers. They they don't have an easy road. Is all I'm trying to say. So I wouldn't I wouldn't slot them in second. Um. But again, like if you look at some of these schedules, like none of the teams in the AFC North have have an easy road, you know, the next second half of the season. Um, and that's where it really hurts that, you know, the Bengals lost, you know, two games that they should have won against the Bears and the Jets. I think they're coming together at the right time. You got Lions after the Lions. They're at Chargers, at the Bengals, home against the Ravens, at the Vikings. I see they play the Ravens home, too. Home against the Titans. Oh, at Chiefs. Then they play the Browns at home, and they finish off the year in Baltimore. They losing at least four more games, Greg. At least the way they run. The, I, I look, Mike Tomlin led team, and the way they, they're the, the the Steelers are one of the most competent franchises in sport. What I yo, what I say about the Bengals before the year started? What I say? I said, yo, they got talent. Fine. As we went through the season, I said they got talent. They're winning, but they're the Bengals. See, that's different. What the Steelers are doing is they're Steelers. Like, they're a very functional franchise. They know what the heck they're doing. Oh, they're getting it going at the right time. I'm telling you, man, they're going to get in. 
Tomlin doesn't miss the playoffs. Tomlin doesn't really miss the playoffs like that. That's not a thing that Mike Tomlin does. They got the running game going. They got Najee Harris. That was the, what they were missing last year. I'm, I'm telling. I think, and I'm not just saying. I'm, I'm really being honest. I think they're going to get in. And I, I, there, there's something about to say about team cultures, and the, the, the Steelers have a winning culture. They know what it takes to win, and they do whatever it takes to win. They just do. They're a good team. They're a good culture. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna finish the year strong. I'm telling you, they'll, they'll be on the other side of this. Being all right, we won most of our games. That's Ariana got you all the way messed up. No, I, I, this is, this is, <laughs> sorry, no, it's, 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 Ariana it's, got you all the way messed up. It's, it's good. Yo, it's good, Steelers, bro. Yo, I'm, I'm so serious. I'm so serious. Teams like the Steelers, teams like the Patriots. Look at the Patriots. They're doing what the Patriots have done. It, it doesn't matter. They have great, great, great. Bro, I, I don't they, know if I can take your word because you're the things. same guy that told me the, the Giants were going to go 10 and 7. The Giants, the Giants should be 10 and 7. The Giants, there's no reason why the Giants should be. The Giants have beaten themselves most of the games they played. The Giants should have five wins right now, not three, but they don't because they've beaten themselves. And there's something, and the Giants have become a franchise where, to my point, become one recently that you can't trust. You know who I can trust? I can trust Mike Tomlin. You know who I can trust? I can trust the offensive line of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I can trust these things. I can trust the coaches on that coaches have to get, get stuff right. I, that they just have equity. They have equity that certain teams don't have. The Browns don't deserve that equity. They always come on. You just lost one of those talented receivers of our generation because your quarterback, your five foot three quarterback, couldn't give him the ball. It don't make no sense. Listen, I'll tell you this much: three teams from the AFC North are getting in. If you wanna, if you wanna have the the Steelers, that's fine. This is what the Bengals. Are- you know, all this is about is about the Bengals getting in. This is all this is about. <laughs> He's just trying to position this in the ways where the Bengals get, find their ways to, to stumble into the Listen, We'll get in. We'll get in. We'll get okay, in. We, we're, on a bye, we're on a bye week this week. We'll, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. But good luck. Uh, huh? good luck. You, no. are used to, you are used to heartache. Chris. Listen. Okay, prepare, prepare yourself. Listen, for whatever get your popcorn next. ready when the Giants are watching us at home. Let's go. Let's go, Antonio. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised the Giants finish with a better record the second half of the year than you guys do. Wouldn't be surprised. You Seriously. crazy, and, and that's, I that's would not crazy be to say, yo, and, and, the, Bengals, and, and, the Bengals haven't lost any back-to-back games this season. We have four losses, and y'all acting like we have eight losses by now. Don't, like, come on, Save don't don't clip. treat us like we the Lions, bro. Save this clip. I would not be surprised if the Giants have a better record in the second half of the year. Whether the Giants, whether the Giants make it to the playoffs or not, I would not be surprised at all if they have a better record at the end of the year than the Bengals do. Like, and, 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 no, no, like better record oh. at the second half, second half, not overall, just a better record at in the That's because you're in a sorry-ass division. You're in the weakest division in the NFL. What does that mean? What does that mean? If we're so sorry. You're we playing weak-ass If we're so sorry, the Bengals will be better than us. So let's end the second half of the year. Let's see. Let's see. Because I think the Giants are going <laughs> right. to finish pretty strong. The defense is playing about the way I thought they'd play to start the year. That's and Joe fair. Judge, for some reason, this team under Joe Judge seems to play better in the second half of years than in the first half of years. It's just very Let's weird. talk about him being on the hot seat. Huh? Perfect transition, NFC East. Cowboys six and two, Eagles three and six, Giants three and six, Washington football team two and six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before we even talk about Judge being on the hot seat, or Washington, or Eagles, are the Cowboys a legitimate team as an NFC contender? Now we already said we got the Rams winning the Super Bowl, but are we going to see them actually? Maybe win more than one game in the playoffs, or shoot, just win a game in the playoffs this year. They they might win a game. <laughs> I oh, I, honestly, God, they're talented. They're great. They should have. They should. They are Super Bowl level contender team in terms of talent. But they're the Cowboys. It's the same argument I just made about the Bengals, about the Steelers. Steelers deserve that credibility. They have a championship culture. They have, they that they cultivated over the years. I can trust them. 
I, you cannot trust the Cowboys. Tone knows this no better. Tone was on that drug. Tone was on that drug for the longest time. He, no one knows better than him. You cannot trust the Cowboys. And I don't think they're going to win. I think they'll win a game in the playoffs, maybe, if they don't mess this thing up. They're, they're going to find a way to mess it up at some point. And they're not going to Super Bowl. Just, yeah, but what's the successful season for the Cowboys? Win a playoff game without stumbling over, without tripping over yourself at the finish line. How about you run the marathon and don't trip over yourself? That's what, the, that's what the Cowboys do. They they've literally tripped over themselves. Tony Romo literally tripped over himself once. Like that's what they do. So how about you do that? That's that's a success. But seriously, I, I win a win a game in the playoffs. They're gonna get to the playoffs. They're gonna win the division. They're the best team in the division by far. They're the best team. Fine, win a game. That's 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 their barometer. Because I they they sure as heck not beating the, the Rams. They sure right. as heck not beating Aaron Rodgers, and they sure as heck not beating Ty- Kyler Murray. Just not happening. Just not doing it. I'm sorry. Trayvon Diggs gonna give him some touchdowns. He's gonna give him some touchdowns. He's he's all or nothing. Okay, that's what it is. So I, that's just the way it's gonna go. I mean, if people say I'm hating on the Cowboys all they want. Yo, if y'all if y'all really do some self reflection, y'all go and stand and look in the mirror. Y'all gonna realize this is what the Cowboys are. This is what they do. This is this is not me making stuff up. This is the reality of this franchise. See, like I'm telling our good friend Chris here will come to the realization. This is what your franchise does. They pump you up and you, the, 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 the balloon pops. That's what happens. I'm telling the, you. The balloon ain't pop yet, bro. The balloon yet. ain't pop. You're saying yet. We're on a pit stop right now. You know, we put an air back in the tires. No, some kid found some kid, some kid found the balloon and stepped on that jump. We lost it. I don't know. That's what happened. It's halfway through the season and, and we still over 500. I I don't think I know I don't think judge is going anywhere so I can't say that he should he he should like I said you don't want to change coaching stats around a young quarterback too much I don't want to fire I don't want to fire him what I want to fire Jason Garrett fired and and I don't know that's gonna happen I pray to the good lord it does I hope Jason Garrett and Dave Gettleman are gone but I don't think judge is gonna get fired I don't and I I haven't always I don't love every decision he makes and I, I but they play hard for him the defense is, is grinding into shape underneath him. I think they have a I think they have a chance to go on a little bit of a run the second half of the year. So I think he'll make a case to stay. But Gettleman's gone. If you want to talk about who's in the hot seat, Dave Gettleman's in the hottest seat of anybody. Seriously, it stays with the Giants. Dave Gettleman will be gone by the end of the year. Period. And Jason Garrett, there's a good chance he's not here anymore either. Y'all think Nick Sirianni's safe? Yeah, I think you give it another. It's year one. You can't yeah. fire him after a year. It's just yeah, hard that that's you, that's kind of uncommon. It's just not, it doesn't happen in the NFL. You got to get, and especially if you're going to keep Jalen Hurts, if you're not drafting a quarterback, which we don't know what's gonna, if that's going to happen or not, but you don't want to pull the legs out from an from Jalen Hurts this early. Don't make any sense. I, I think he's safe too. And you know, Ron Rivera is safe because he's made of gold. AFC East, Bills five and three, Pats five and four, Jets two and six, Dolphins two and seven. Who do we think wins this division? You got the Bills who was everybody's pick at the beginning of the year. Bill Belichick is doing Bill Belichick type of things. They're only a game behind the Bills. Who do y'all think wins this division? I think it's still the Bills. I mean, yeah, they lost last week to the Jaguars, but like like Greg said, like everybody says, any given Sunday, someone can get got, right? Like, it just matters the situation. If someone – if COVID protocols, you got players out and stuff like that, and, and the Bills weren't really down players and things like that, they just – didn't didn't come to play and, and play their best, but like they'll be fine. They'll make adjustments. They'll be prepared. Going like we've seen them smack teams this year consistently up until um, you know their their game the, the other day 
against the Jaguars. But I think I think the Bills are still favored to win this division. But the Pats are hot right now, you know, on a four-game win streak. Um, but, again, like, young rookie quarterback, is he going to lead them to uh, win the division and into the playoffs? Who knows? But um, I think at, at some point, you know, their, their run is going to slow down a little bit. I can see the Pats winning this division. You, you you think they continue their win streak? I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a fluke. They got the they got the greatest coach ever. I, I don't think it's a fluke, and they got something sustainable. They got a great run game, great offensive line. the 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 weapons are coming together nicely, right? I mean, they're not the greatest, but they make it work. They have a nice little system in place right there. I mean, the Bills are by far the best team in the division. The Bills should win it, but I I think that defense could give him problems. Could give Josh Allen problems. If anyone can, if, any, if, Bill, if anyone can make that guy look bad, it's Bill Belichick. Um, for real. So I, 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 you know, I don't think it's, it's, I'm 60 to 65% sure the Bills win the division. That's, that's where I'm at. And that's probably not the norm. I think I'm sure everyone else thinks 99% the Bills are going to win, but I think the, the Pats could easily catch up and make some noise second half of the year. NFC West cars, eight and one Rams seven and two Seahawks, three and five, 49 and three and five. We obviously believe the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. So that's not the question for this division. Russ is back. Do we see the Seahawks making a run with Russell Wilson being back? And are we seeing the last days for Russell Wilson in Seattle possibly this season? What's the schedule looking like? I will pull that up for you right now. I think you're seeing the last days. It's the the last days of him there. I I don't know if they're going to salvage this. If they had gotten my guy, uh, my guy, uh, Odell, then maybe this would be a different conversation, but they didn't get them. So good luck. I think they're going to win more games, but they'll probably be a, they'll be a 500 team maybe at best. What are they now? Three and five? Right now, the Seahawks are three and five with their next game being at the Packers, yeah. home against the Cardinals. Good luck. At Washington, home against the 49ers. Mm. At the Texans, at the Rams, mm. home against the Bears, Lions, and they finish the season in Arizona. I think they're going to be a 500 team. I, I think they're going to be a 500 football team. And that's not enough for, for, for Russ to, to want to stay. I know Sierra's been having an itch to go, go to New York or LA. And I think that she'll find their, they'll find their ways, their way to one of those destinations. And I know if Russ is on the market, I will be buying every, <laughs> the Giants will be in the market. Don't think for a second. So yeah, I think he could be out there for real. So I, I I think this is the last few days of him being there. But they'll be I think they'll be five hundred. They'll, they'll win some games. Not supposed to win. They'll lose some games. They're not supposed to lose. That's the way this is going to shake out. They weren't that good before this, you know. They were okay. Their defense there was no still juice was an issue. There. Yeah, there, yeah. There's no juice there. It's the juice is out. It's just not there. So yeah, I I see I see them being a five hundred team and him eventually moving on. We talk about the last division, AFC West. Chargers five and three, Raiders five and three, Chiefs five and four, Broncos five and four. Hmm. Do we see this division being a division that may be the best division in football, or is it just actually parody this season with the AFC West? The only reason why there's parody in the division is because the league caught up to the Chiefs. If you think about it. If there wasn't, if that if that had not happened, if teams did not start playing too high safeties against the against the Chiefs and sitting back and letting and making Mahomes be more patient, they'd be they'd be undefeated right now. They have two losses. I mean, that's where we'd be looking at. And Tariq Hill would have 
300 yards in a game like he normally does. But teams are playing two, they're playing really, there's they're playing really far back. They're almost playing prevent defense to keep those guys from getting over the top. So hey, look, they caught up and now you have you have parity in that division, even though historically you never do, because the Chiefs have been that good. But like I said, there's the, the consequence, the domino effect of teams catching up to the Chiefs is that everybody else is closer. Everybody else has a chance in that division. So um it's 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 parody. It's parody. I think every because the book is out on the Chiefs. The Chiefs have got to figure out other ways to win games than just throwing the deep shots all day. It's gonna have to be you have to win other ways. So who will win? Who you got winning the division? That's a tough one. That's that's a tough one. I, you know, we beat up on the Raiders the last weekend too, real good. So I, I I'm I don't know who, I don't know who to who to um who to pick in this division. I I think the. the, the it's it's I think the Chiefs still deserve the benefit of the doubt in that division. They they're the most talented team. They should yeah, win. I would, the division. I would agree. So they they should. I I don't have a lot of faith in them though. I really don't. I, I just the way Patrick Mahomes is playing right now, he's not patient at all. He's in in you watching the football. You know, I'm, not, I'm not no quarterback guru, but he's not even like stepping in the way he's throwing the ball. He's just doing all types of weird stuff out there. There's no real patience. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm iffy on them. It, I think it's the, between the Raiders and the Chiefs. I think that's the, those are two ways this thing can go. So we got Kappa Facts next. Transitioning to Kappa Facts. Packers and Aaron Rodgers got off easy because the NFL is aware of multiple other teams and players going through the same situation. Kappa Facts. I say that's Cap. I say Aaron Rodgers got off easy because I, I think he's just he's just well liked by the league for 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 everything that he's done in the league. And and as Greg always alludes to, like being a white male in this league brings privilege, right? And we just talked about it with with CeeDee Lamb and and what he's going through with with a untucked jersey. Um I don't I, I mean we, we think the Packers got off easy with a three hundred thousand dollar fine. You think that's that's getting off easy? Yes. As a, as opposed to what? Yes, they got off easy. As I'll opposed to as opposed yeah. to what though? Like losing draft picks? They should they should have lost draft picks and, and Aaron Rodgers should have been suspended. And they should have lost draft picks. Aaron Rodgers should have been suspended and they should have gotten fined. You I'm, I'm talking about the Packers though. That's what I'm, I'm talking talking about the Packers. The, the pack, yeah, the pack, the, the, pack, the pack, Aaron Rodgers being suspended directly affects the pack, the Packers. That's it's true. It's a direct effect. That's, that's the punishment true. for the organization. It's their it's their pride and joy. You yeah. gotta punish them. They were they were complicit in a lie. It was a lie, and they were not following the COVID protocols, which we all knew. And they lied about it. They lied. They came out after Aaron Rodgers had to sit down with Pat McAfee the first time and said, "No, we've been following protocol. We've been following it in the building. They put out all these all these field these these reports in the media." And it's all BS. It's all BS. They got off so easy. But like I said, man, and, and, and I say it every time, you know they're going to get off easy when they're white. And that's the reality of it. It's BS. It's real It's real BS. I would have loved to have seen if this had been a black quarterback. I'd have loved to have seen the difference in how this all would have went. But we, you know, we get, we get, we getting vaxxed out here. Uh, dudes is getting vaxxed. So it's different. But what were you about to say, Tony? I was just going to say like $300,000. It's a billion dollar organization. That, that's crazy off. That's crazy off easy. So they pay a hey. dude on the practice squad some sub that much money weekly sometimes. Like, what are we talking about? That's not that's nothing. 
It's nothing. I think it's not easy. Call me conspiracy tone, but I think this is not the only team, the only player in the league that has a vaccination issue or a lot about vaccinate, being vaccinated. Nice. Um, I think the NFL is very aware of multiple teams, and this is why part of the reason they did go easy because, like, we can't go hard on the Packers when we know. We don't know, but I know Aaron Rodgers ain't the only one lying about being vaccinated, and I'm sure the NFL is very aware of it. And the NFL is the king of let's save face and let's seem like we're upset about something that we really don't give a darn about. So I don't believe, I don't believe Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are the only team. Because if that was the case, I think especially in the NFC, I think you would see teams like the Cowboys and others like, nah, they would be petitioning to have Aaron yeah. Rodgers. You don't think these teams want Aaron Rodgers out of the picture? The reason why they're not, they're not putting heat on the Packers is because they don't want heat on themselves. They don't want the NFL to come down on them. Come on, man. The whole that's, thing is corrupt. The whole thing is corrupt. That's my that's exactly my, my thought process. Like when you when you doing your little dirt and your sin, you often don't go pointing your finger elsewhere. Cause if it come back around, you know your cover's gonna get oh yeah. shoot. The whole Cowboys team isn't vaccinated. Jerry Jones quiet on that one. Yeah. Uh, I think it's other teams that's going down the same In path. Alice, please. Packers just got caught. Packers just got caught. You know, that's the only difference. The Packers just got caught. And you know they stand together. The owners is like, ah, oh, you know. We'll give them a break. We'll let it rock. We'll be fine with it. Neil O'Shea and Robert Sarver will be fired before the regular season ends. Cap or facts? They're going to have to force them out. They're going to have to. I'm, I'm really interested to see why CP3 is so quiet on this and these other guys. CP3 was loud about that. They were all loud about Donald Sterling. And it's not like it's one of those situations where it's like, oh, I, I need proof. Do you really need proof? Like, wh- what more proof do you need? You've got guys who have been in the league, like Earl Watson. you got guys speaking out about this, the racist situation, the, the racism in, in the culture, the misogyny in the culture they've had there for years and years and years. Come on, man. We got we got him. We got Sarver getting quoted saying the N-word. We got employees in the building saying that his wife is sending out texts for him threatening their jobs threatening their livelihoods to help to make them shut up we know it's true already we know i know it's never easy to force a billionaire out of anything because billionaires i mean this world is is nice to get to white billionaires that's just the way it works but at the end of the day you have to force this guy out of out of there you have no choice your team loses equity you're 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 in a you're in a sport that's dominated by black people you're in a sport that's dominated not Thoroughly by black people. It's not even close. The guy that, that this is the NBA is dominated by black people. You can't have them going to a team where they know that owner is racist and he's heavily involved. He's going into the locker room. He's talking to the players. He's talking to the coaches. It's, it'd be one thing if this guy was behind the scenes and just kind of on the team, but he would just kind of fly on his private jet and watch from a box. That's not what's happening. So you you have no choice. It would ruin the equity in the franchise. The, the value of the franchise would drop dramatically having a racist owner. It matters. It really does matter. Um, especially in a sport, again, that's dominated not just by black athletes, but dominated by black viewership. Black people watch basketball. We love basketball. All right. Like I love basketball more than football. I'm sorry. I know it's not a popular thing, but I enjoy basketball so much more. So it's just, and I'm speaking for myself and I know I'm speaking for other people too. So it's you can't have that, and they're gonna they're gonna have to let him go. And it's not a tough decision. I just know it's not. I just know it's hard because you know Adam Silver works for Sarver. He that he's firing his boss, but the other owners are gonna have to get on board because 
it, it really does mess up the product. So, you know what I'm saying? And we need more black owners in sports. I've been saying it forever. Just need more black owners. It's This is part of the reason why. We're not in this mess if we have black owners. But hey, that's, I guess that's I think, a different fight for a different day. I think also Neil O'Shea, he can't have his job either by the end of the year going on what's going on in Portland and not having a good workplace environment. Yeah, I heard about that too. Yeah, And the action coming up with him and his reports coming out you gotta you gotta pay attention to things like this. The dude they said worked side by side in the same organization with Donald Sterling, who got fired mm-hmm. and got kicked out of the league. The apple don't far too, you know, it's not falling too far from the truth. No. So and no. the thing crazy is when he got hired by the Blazers, there were multiple, multiple there were reports saying there was multiple other NBA executives saying, do not hire this man, it will end bad. Fast forward, it's looking like it's going to end bad in Portland with Neil O'Shea. They were warned. The Blazers didn't anyway. We already know the Blazers are a terrible organization. They are not run well, which is why... That's the reason why their star player is miserable and wants to get out of there, but he's lying to his son that he wants to stay. And you got to think about the Minnesota Minnesota situation. Their GM got fired before the year, too, because I think it was Gerson Rojas got fired against his name. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's him. He got fired because he's having a, a, an affair with one of the um, one of the girls who works there, works in it, works in the work in the building. You have an affair and they fired him for that. So if that's a fireable offense, my God, I mean, and it is a fireable offense. Everything else should be held to that standard. Everybody else should be let go for for, for these kind of I mean, you're in a position of power. The old share the old Shea situation is him just abusing power and sounds like he's just bullying people and creating a toxic workplace. And and same with same with Sarver, except he's just blatantly racist, which again, no one's surprised by. Um, we know it's in every sport. So, and again, in a sport dominated by black culture, black people, you, you, you can't have this. It just can't happen. You really can't. Football, you'll get away with it. Not, not basketball. Last one. Steph Curry is the front runner for MVP with Paul George in a close second, cap or fast. Hell no. Hell no. Yo, PJ been playing no. good. Hell, hell, hell no. Hell no. no. <laughs> hell no. George's credit on how he's been balling this season? Yes, he's been great. Cool. Steph, you've been he's that's been nice. The the, 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 the Steph is not the, is not has not been the, the center of the, the success of the Warriors. That defense is legit. They've got they're playing well as a unit, as a team, and they're getting contributions from everybody. Pools and pools play matters. Pool getting better, taking a jump this year matters. Gary Payton, the, the, the second coming in and, and being an energy and spark plug off the bench and playing good defense matters. They've got they've gotten a lot of good play. Wiggins playing a little bit more consistently matters. Them adding Otto Porter to hit more threes matters. I'm not saying that Steph Curry is not that ultimately where, where it starts and stops for the Warriors. He is, but yo, MVP this year has been Kevin Durant. Kevin Kevin Durant, yo. Kevin Durant is a, is a basketball god. Yo, he dropped 30 on 12 shots yesterday. He shot 90% from the field, something ridiculous. 30 points. He's been out of his mind. Yo, the reason why the Nets haven't fallen apart within the Kyrie drama, with everything that's going on behind the scenes, that could tear a team apart. Well, Kyrie could tear this team apart, but he hasn't because of Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's easily the MVP. Easily. I don't think it's close. He's easily the MVP. He's playing at a level I've never seen him play at before, and that's saying something because we're talking about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's always great, but he's especially great this year, especially when you talk about James Harden taking his time to come back off the injuries, man. Come on. 
James Harden's taking his time. He's, he doesn't look the same, and it doesn't even matter. They're still eight and four. They're cruising, and it's because of Kevin Durant. He's leading that franchise. When they, with the day the Nets gave Kevin Durant that $50 million a year contract, it all made sense. It, it, the, he's the ultimate deodorant, the same way LeBron has been the ultimate deodorant in the NBA for, for a long time. It's, 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 that's where he's at right now. He's playing at a ridiculous level. It's KD. It's KD. Look at the numbers. It's KD. KD's having like 29 points a game. But he's also getting assists, also getting rebounds. Great feel for the game. Not turning it over. Making big shots on the stretch of games. Playing great defense. Getting blocked. It's, it's KD. It's, I'm not just saying this I'm a Nets fan. I'm serious. It's, it's Kevin Durant. Like, for once, he's, he's first. He deserves to be first in the conversation. Not Steph and Sir, and not Paul George. No, I mean, those guys deserve it. They're in the conversation, maybe two and three, but it's KD. And there's a gap. There's a gap, too. So you got KD. Yeah. Steph, Paul George. It's Steph, KD, they're nine and one. And, and you got to give it time. Let this thing breathe. The season gonna, it's going to catch up to the Warriors. They're, they're, they're a good team, but they're not the most talented team in the West. Utah is not going to catch up and, and close the gap. We got to give it some time to breathe. I know we're talking about right now. Yes. KD, Steph, PG. You're the PG. Fine. I, PG deserves, deserves to be in the conversation. But KD, that, that's a bad dude. KD's diff, KD is different in all caps. Different. That dude is playing. Yo, have you guys watched any Nets games like at all? I, Chris, I know you did. You, you were practically forced to watch one. But come on, like yo, KD, yo, were you? I kept telling K, I kept, I kept telling Chris at the game. I was like, yo, I leaned over to Chris. I'm telling you, you're witnessing art right now. Like you can tell your kid you saw KD play. This dude is a genius. It's too easy. It's really too easy, yo. The way he's playing, the game's just coming to him. KD deserves MVP. I think he's gonna win MVP going away. I think he is. He is special. He is. He is really, really, really special, yo. And he's always been special, but this year it's just different. There's a different feel to it. It, it looks. What, what, what if the what if the Nets struggle? You think? And he still plays. I don't think they will because of him. I don't think they will because of him. I think that he's he's giving James Harden that grace period to play badly in, in pockets and complain about the fouls and complain about the changing rules. He's giving them that grace period, and then James Harden's gonna catch up too and get to his back to his 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 full self, and Nets will be okay. But it's because of KD. KD is the the the, the glue that keeps this whole thing together. The day the Nets signed KD was the biggest day in franchise history by um, by a long shot. They have stabilized their franchise. The Nets are legitimately a great franchise right now, a great franchise in the NBA because they signed KD that $50 million a year contract. That was the win. That was the win. Everything else is secondary. Kyrie, James, all secondary. It was about him. And this is why, because of what he's doing right now. They're eight and four because of KD. Make no mistake about it. And they're gonna they're gonna be in like second or third place in the in, in the in the East, maybe even first. They might even get they might finish first. Honestly, they're gonna go on a tear. I, I just because of how he's playing, I, I could like it's gonna be because of him. He's gonna have a real MVP case. I think he has the strongest one out of all these guys right now. Hell no, Steph. I'm tired of this light skin propaganda. Get me get out of here. I've seen Steph have like four points in a game this year. Talking about Steph Curry, that's, that's propaganda. That's propaganda. Who's pushing that? For real. If you look, it's because he's light skinned. I swear. I swear it's because he's light skinned. You look across the league, you look at all the different websites, the different talk shows. Steph is getting that love 27.6 PPG, 6.6 rebound, 6.6 assists, 1.6 steals, 38.8% on the three point line. 
right now have the season high 50 points in a game. And you know this, and you notice our listeners that pay attention to anything about any of the awards. Winning does matter. Them being 91 definitely factors in Steph being at the top of the list. I think you got to throw Jimmy Butler in that mix also. College football playoffs. Should we get rid of the playoffs? Should we expand it to eight teams? Throw some Wait numbers. Minutes real quick, real quick. Yo, KD averaging 29.5 points, five assists, eight rebounds a game. What? The, the percentages are even crazier, bro. The splits? All right, we're going to move on. K- KD's on some nut. It's crazy, yo. It's cr- watch the Nets game, please. Anybody who disagrees with me, watch the Nets game. Go ahead. We can move on to the next one. College football playoffs started in 2014. 30.4 million viewers. 2018, 25.6 million viewers. Last year only had 18.9 million viewers. There has been complaints. We see teams like Cincinnati, who many believe should be one of the top four teams, but did not get into it. We see often the big powerhouse teams, no matter if they lose one, two games, typically will get the nod to be in the college football playoffs. Should we change up the format? Should we even get rid of it? What's your thoughts on the college football playoffs? And which four teams do you think make it this year? It's simple, man. It's not competitive when it's only four teams, right? You don't – only allowing four teams in, you don't allow an opportunity for a big upset. And and that's – especially for a team that's earned their way to be in and had a good season. Now, do I think Cincinnati right now deserves to be in, in one of the top four spots? No, I don't. Just because we haven't been blowing teams out. Well, yeah, we're 9-0. and But, like, we struggled against Navy – we snuck out with a win. We struggled last week against uh, Tulsa, snuck out with a win. It was 28-14, and they came back, and it ended up being like 28-21 uh, or whatever the case is. Um, yeah, we're sitting at number five right now, but at the same time, like, if you allow six teams in, eight teams in, you know how much more competitive that's going to be? You know, it gives an opportunity for those teams that people thought shouldn't be in, but since they have an undefeated record and, and that they're in, to upset one of the big teams that you think is going to win it all. Imagine if a team came in and upset Georgia, right? And now Georgia's out. Like, let that happen. I don't know why people are so afraid that to, to let that happen and, and let a new team in. No one wants to see the same teams in there year after year, the Clemsons, the Ohio States, the Alabamas. Like, we get it. We get it. Those are the big schools. But, again, when teams like Cincinnati and uh, Oklahoma are having the, the years that they're having and, and they're playing really well, you got to You got to make room for some competition and, and for a, a change of scenery. Um, and I think that's the direction that it's going to head in eventually. I don't think they'll, they'll continue this, this four team only um, thing, but I also think it, teams are, are moving out of their conference to give themselves a better shot. Like Cincinnati, they're out, they're going to a bigger conference in, in 2023. Uh, again, just to give themselves a better chance at, at making it in. But um, I think that's what it all comes down to is four teams, doesn't make it competitive. It really doesn't. You know what I think? I think college football is boring. I think it's boring. I think that they don't like, – I think the product isn't as good, nearly as good as the NFL. It doesn't touch it. I think that college football is only as good as the star players that are in it. I think about the times I've watched the college football playoff with anticipation when Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback god, was there, 
right? The guy was supposed to be the best quarterback ever. I, I watched then. I watched when Justin Fields at Ohio State, a guy who I really was really interested and invested in. I watched when uh, Justin Herbert was at o Oregon. It's the quarterbacks that just sell this whole thing. Who's your quarterbacks this year, yo? The, the reason why viewership's going down is where where are these stud quarterbacks? The next big, you know, when college ball's gonna blow up again, when Arch or when Arch Manning gets to gets to Georgia or wherever he goes, wherever he goes, we're gonna we're gonna all gonna care again. We don't care. Do we care about Desmond Ritter? How good is Desmond Ritter for real? How good is 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 uh what's the guy? The dude at uh, Alabama now, the young guy, Bryce Young. He said he looks talented. How good is he actually? There's nobody that's like a generational talent at the quarterback, quarterback position and the quarterback position sells in football. You name the generational. Please tell me a generational quarterback right now that's playing at the college level. Right now is a matchup UNC versus Pitt. Kenny Pickett versus Sam Howell. Every team, half the league is at the game. Half the league has their scouts at the game to watch these guys. Those, neither one of those guys are generational players. I don't think. Kenny Pickett's talented. He's, he's a very talented player. But really, where, where is he? Like, that's what sells. And we just don't have that those guys right now in there. It was supposed to be Rattler. And he's on the bench. Maybe it's Caleb Williams. Maybe it's him. I, I don't know. But I, I just it's it's that's really where it comes into play. I think the viewership dropping is because the product is not better to begin with. You can watch the NFL and get better, better production, anyways, and, and just watch better players. But also, if you're gonna talk about if you're gonna talk about what excites people, it's great quarterback play. I don't want to watch Michigan run the ball 50 times a game. I don't that's care. That's a fair care. argument. Unless you, unless you, you know what, bro? Unless you got Saquon Barkley. The only time I cared about the running game was when Saquon Barkley, when Saquon Barkley touches the ball, it's a movie. For real. So fine. That was fun to watch that Penn State team, even though McSorley was McSorley was sucked. He wasn't good. Let's just keep it a buck. So you when you have great quarterback play, then we're talking about something. Until then, there's nothing to talk about. You can change the format all you want. You want to let two other teams in? Who are you letting in? USC has been down forever. You know, I pay attention to at Slovis over at USC. I, I've been I've been watching like it ain't like he's special. They just don't have the quarterback play right now. The pipeline is, is decreased in that in that level in terms of the quarterback play coming into college football. And that's why you're seeing the decrease in interest in it. It's, I think that's what it is. And if I'm wrong, Chris, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know. You pay attention to, to college football. You lock in. I don't know. But no, nah, I like that argument. I think I think it's a fair argument because, I mean, you do bring up a good point. Like, when you're talking about the Heisman, the Heisman favorite, right? You're talking about the Heisman favorite and Spencer Rattler at the beginning of the year, you know, gets benched, you know, four games into the season, uh, four or five games into the season. It's like, well, damn, you know, now we're just watching average quarterbacks play week after week. And I think that I, I, I think that's a big part. I don't think that's the only part of why the ratings have gone down. I just think, um, you know, interest has just gone down. But I do think that's a huge part of it is you're right. There's not a generational talent right now that we know of or that we've seen that's good enough to say, okay, that's a generational talent. Like there has been in, in years past with, with Kyler Murray, right. His ability to, to run and make, make, make people miss and things like that. Cam Newton, when he was at Auburn um, and what he was able to do running the ball, there's certain things, there's certain things that you see and you're like, okay, not a lot of people can replicate that. And we're not seeing that right now. Um, but I do, I, I, I really do think if they do let more teams in, um, you know, no matter what teams it is, I, th I think viewership is going to go up because people are going to want to see what those teams can do um, against bigger competition. And we end off the show now. We end off every show with flag on the play. We're going to end it off with the flag on the play segment, except or decline. First one, this came out right before the show started. 
Rich Paul says the 76ers are hurting Ben Simmons' mental health by trying to make him actually play. This is no longer about a trade. Accept or decline. Except he's absolutely right. Daryl Morey's an idiot. He should move off him and trade him. I heard the Jalen Brown rumors. You pull the trigger for that trade right away. Jalen Brown's probably the best. Jalen Brown's the best player you will get in a trade. If it's true, I don't think it's true. But if it's true and you can get Jalen Brown in return for, for Ben Simmons, you do it in a heartbeat. I, I, I don't envy Ben Simmons going to Boston. He thinks he thinks is, is ugly. He thinks the fans are ruthless out in Philly. Go, <laughs> go, go to Boston. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Ben gets by with that light skin privilege all the time. You're not getting by with that in Boston. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know, man. But in all in all seriousness, I, I I agree. I agree with everything Rich Paul is saying. I do. Call him a liar. Call him a liar. And the terminate the terminate the relationship. Terminate that the relationship completely stop trying to salvage this thing to get usage out of him this is not a video game he's doing but daryl morey's managing the sixers like it's a video game it's not a video game you can't just bring back ben because he's talented and think it's all gonna work but joel indeed generally hates ben hey i work in i my job is based in, in in philly very close to philly i was in the office yesterday talking to some sixers fans i so they were talking about going to the game they all they all went to the sixers game the other night and i was like yo how is it watching the game without Ben Simmons? And they're like, are you kidding me? It was great. I don't miss him at all. Do you think for a second that if that guy goes back to Philly, the fans aren't going to tear him apart? It will dead, It will really, dead, seriously, it'll cause mental damage that you can't undo if he, goes try to, if he goes back and tries to play at home again. He can't do it. You can't go back. Once he, once he decided he didn't want to play there anymore, once he made that public, it was over. It's over. And Daryl Moore trying to hold on is nothing short of cruel. They're, they're doing the kid a disservice now. It's not fair to Ben Simmons. I get it. He has a contract played out. But you can't go back to a place like Philly after quitting on them and expect the fans to react anyway. You think because, and like we, we talked about this in the podcast before, because Embiid went, went to the fans and said, oh, yo, well, we love Ben. He's our brother. And give some some script that they had, the PR wrote up for him before the show. He read off a script that it's going to work. The fans hate Ben. He can't go back. They got to trade him away. And the longer they postpone this, the uglier it'll get. Because Ben's not playing for them. He, he Ben's not playing for them. I believe that the mental mental health thing is a little bit of a farce. I don't believe it's totally true. I'll say that. Tone, I know you mean you're on the same page about that. But I don't think it's a lie that this is actually hurting his mental health. He can't, he, he's having, he's going to freak out. You know, how nervous would you be to go playing in front of those Philly fans after, after saying you don't want to play there anymore? Reading the papers. Hearing it, hearing, hearing the sports talk radio in Philly. They, yo, those guys are ruthless. We're talking about a fan base that were taking dumps in people's cars, eating horse, eating horse manure, right? When they, this is who we're talking about. He can't go back there. He can't go back there in these circumstances. Rich Paul is doing the right thing. Put pressure on the organization. Make them look bad. They look bad enough to me as it is, but maybe to the average fan they don't. Make them look bad and keep applying pressure to get your client out of there because Ben can't. I wouldn't blame Ben if he had a panic attack before the game going to play over there. They're going to be throwing batteries at dude. Like, they, they threw batteries at Braun. And all he did was like, he just left Cleveland. After what, he just left Cleveland after eight great years. What are they going to do to him? He's not even that good. Ben's not even good like that. Like, he's okay, by the way. What are they going to do to him? They're going to be throwing cheesesteaks at him, mushrooms, all types of crazy stuff. He can't, he can't go back. He can't go back on any circumstances. I agree. I agree he can't go back. I agree in the aspect of him not being able to play the sport that he loves is definitely probably affecting his mental health. Sure. Not being 
but do what he wants to do, practice, can't do anything. There's no progression in his trade. There's no progression in the talks. I'm sure if you just got to be at home, I'm sure that's affecting his mental. The thing is, I don't see where this ends anytime soon, just because there are more of all. And it's, it's him. He's just stubborn. There's deals on the table to be made. There's deals. Yeah, there's reports around around the league too that Darren Moore isn't that fond of Rich Paul. So there's another not, added yeah. there's another yeah. added element of that. A lot of GMs, executives do not. They don't want to let LeBron's Paul. LeBron's guys get their way. LeBron, they hate the fact that Bron practically has the league in a stronghold by having his dude be the strongest agent in the sport. They hate it. They hate power for black men. Just the way it works. So. And Rich Paul's got a lot of power. So, yeah, bro, like, it's exactly that. And, by the way, while we're, while we're talking about it, someone should check in on John Wall, too. Because how, how Houston's, Yo, doing, him, how Houston's doing him ain't my, fair. Why are you in my notes? Because the next <laughs> the next flag on the play, John Wall is reported by Wolves today, most likely will not play a game this season. Will play a game this year, yeah. Will not play a game this season and will be paid $44 million to stay home. You might say you, except you might you might say because he's making 44 M's that we should you should just shut up and be fine with it. If I was making 44 M's, I'd be happy. Yo, let me tell y'all something. I love basketball in every fiber of my being. Before I came on the show, the gym was open for 45 minutes. I went to the gym and just shot around by myself. And seeing the ball go to the net was like the best feeling in the world. These dudes do this for a living. They're giving everything to, in their fiber in the fiber of their being to play basketball, to not play. That is depressing. Like I can't imagine not playing basketball for that long. Like for real, I know he has, I know he goes to practice and then he gets to kick, kick Jalen greens behind and take it out on him. His frustrations. You seen the video I sent you, but still man, like it, it's, it's not, it's not sweet. This is a, a, a real toll, bro. Like for real, I was sitting at my desk all day at work, just thinking about playing basketball. That's all I wanted to do. That's all I, all day. That's just me. I do this for fun. I, in those professions, these guys love this game. At the end of the day, they're playing a kid's game for a living, and they enjoy doing it. So they should check in with John Wall, too, make sure he's good. He should be going to see a therapist because that what, what they're doing isn't fair, and it sets a bad precedent in the NBA. Jeff Van Gundy was talking about it yesterday on the broadcast when they played Detroit. He's absolutely right. That You're setting a bad precedent when you sit down a player who's making X amount of dollars because you, you want to go young. You can't just sit him out. The CBA has to negotiate that out of, out of the situation. You have to play him or you trade him or you release him, or you buy him out. You buy him out and pay him out his contract so he can go somewhere else for free. That's what's going to happen here. No, the reason why they can't trade, they know they can't trade him. They had no intention of trading dude because they can't, no team wants to take $44 million, pay that guy $44 million a year. Why? He's yeah. not worth $44 million a year. Clearly the contract's horrible. So it's just BS. They had no intention of trading him. They have no problem swallowing the cap because they're horrible and they don't have to pay anybody, right? They're not paying James Harden anymore. And they'll let him sit. And now because of it, he's the only one suffering in the situation. It's not fair. And the fans are suffering because they suck. Did you see that game? No one's at the game, which I'm happy about. I'm going to get a cheap ticket. But no one's at the game. Like, no one's there. So, yo, it, it's tough, man. I, I feel for John Wall. I feel for him, man. I really do. I said it I said at the beginning of the year. I'm like, they should they should give it a, a go. Even if you yeah. play him in limited minutes. He can, help these, he can help these young players so much. And granted, it's a terrible contract. But y'all knew the vibes when y'all traded for him. Y'all knew how bad the contract was. Y'all knew what y'all was signing up for. I agree with Greg. There has to be some type of negotiations 
in these contracts going in for the next CBA agreement, you can't just sit a player down, man. As you said, that's like somebody telling you a job that you love, a job that you love, that you want it to be in your whole life. And they're like, yo, hey, Chris, go ahead, go home. We'll pay you still, but don't come to work. Just, just stay home. You could, matter of fact, you could come watch us work. You could come, you could sit there, you could watch the meetings, but don't say nothing. Don't do anything. Stay home. We'll still pay you though. You can't tell me one that's fair, but life ain't fair. I know that, but still, that's not fair. A job that you have to stay physically ready for. It exactly. ain't, it, it ain't just about like, oh, you can go home and, and chill. Like, nah, he still has to train every day like he's about to play because, the, again, like you said, they could trade for him or trade him, whatever the case is. He's gonna have to be physically ready. So that's that's where it becomes, uh, you know, depressing on his end, especially feel like he he probably feels like really well, right? You know, he's battled injuries in the past, but in terms of like his his physical ability and how he feels right now, he probably feels like, oh, I'm in the best shape I'm in, in my life because like he hasn't played. So so now to be you know training and, and and getting ready and not being able to showcase everything that you've done in the off season, like Greg said, that's depressing. And we do we looking at two different situations. John Wall has not approached this the same way that Ben Simmons or James Harden has approached it. For all we know and all accounts, for at least from what we're seeing, the dude is handling like a professional. I don't think the Houston Rockets are being professional about their handling the situation with John Wall. They're not giving the same professional courtesy back. The man is not complaining. The man is not blowing up. He's not coming to practice saying y'all soft as tissue. He ain't pulled a Jimmy Butler thing. This ain't right how they doing, John Wall. Not saying John Wall is an elite um, player. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think John Wall has the has the uh, the leash to do that at this situ- in this situation. No, he's not an elite player, but the thing is with – He's a good still, player. He can help out a team. Mm. And you mentioned the buyout thing, and people keep saying that. Nah, shout out to John Wall. Hey, I know it's depressing, but – when you got a chance to make that type of money in your life, especially at this point in his career, he's never making that again. Don't do the buyout. Don't do the buyout. That's generational changing money right there. 44 mil. Now nah, I get every single dime of that. We saw it's different because, you know, we don't see John Wall as an elite player. Cause nobody said nothing like that with CP3. CP3 got every dime of that bag. John Wall get every dime of that bag. You're never going to make money like that again. In your life. And that's probably why we don't hear him, right? That's probably the exact reason why we don't hear him is that's probably his mindset. I'm going to get this money regardless. But whether you want to play me or not, you're still changing my life at the end of the day. Facts. Last one before we end the show. A little light one, a little entertainment, a little fun one, just to hear y'all viewpoints on this one. Princess Cruises will have a 111-day cruise set to sell in January 2024, the goal is it's going to reach 51 locations across 27 countries. Y'all going on it? Would y'all go on this cruise? Who got the vacation time for all that? <laughs> That's what it come down to, right? I mean, I'm just first of all, I, I ain't trying to be stuck on a boat for that long. And it depends where the 51 locations are. It's, it sounds cool, but that's a long time. That's what, a little, little over four months? Um of straight traveling but i mean hey if you're a teacher and you got summers off and 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 you take you know a month vacation whatever the case is but that's a little excessive 
I feel I'm like not, only rich white people will be able to do that. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> Under any circumstances, it doesn't even sound any. It doesn't sound like fun at all. Being at sea for that long, count me out. <laughs> I'm not doing that. 23k a person, 66k is starting off to get sweets. So yeah, right. Like it's it's expensive, but the, I oh, it's not it, even worth the money. I think it's interesting that they even come up with an idea like this. I don't know. I be saying this all the time. We don't close the show out, man. But I be saying this all the time. When you look at these meetings, when you look at these business deals done, you look at some of these musicians and the music that they put out, you look at some of these commercials, I really be wondering, who is in these business meetings that would be like, yo, this is a good idea? I, I really wonder. Who's in a business meeting that would be like, yo, that's the commercial right there? Who is green lighting this stuff? We have people in these business rooms just accepting nonsense across all businesses, music, sports, entertainment, bruh. Also, you're trying to sell me on going to 51 different countries to experience 51 different types of racism? I'm straight. I do. <laughs> I, I experienced enough here. I ain't, about to go, I ain't about to go to Slovenia and have them be racist to me over there and then have to go to, go, go, go to Russia and have them be racist to me over there. I'm good. I'll just settle for plain old American racism. Thank you. <laughs> Yo, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Bench mob, we need to see we out. Peace. Peace. Greg, Greg wanted to.